What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman, and welcome to Mind Over Magic. Episode 59, what's up, buddy? Hey, it's it's going. I'm having a blast over here. We're just rocking out to our theme song music. <laughs> yeah, you were doing air drums. I figured I'd join in, which is perfect for a podcast that no one can see. Yeah. But hey, we got the energy. It's in the house. Episode 59, what's popping? Yeah, how you doing? You good? Yeah, man, I'm coming off my weekend as usual. Uh, we just recently started having Tuesday and Wednesday off, which was sort of built into our schedule for this month. Right. So now it's like a, a full weekend, which is kind of rare in my world. So I'm feeling fully refreshed and ready to tackle another week of shows here in Vegas. How about you? I'm doing good. Uh, just, you know, started off that schedule of uh, shows that I announced last week. Uh, last night I had a show at Stony Brook University in Long Island. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, I had to drive there cause my car is still not done in the body wow, shop. Wow. So we've been hearing about I this know, for weeks. I know, I know, but it should be done soon, but I have like a rental, uh, and I'm just like, I don't know, a little anxious about parking the rental on the streets now in New York in between until I get right. my car back. And just cause I know what happened the last time I had my car, you know, so uh, all that was like just figuring out the logistics of it, but, uh, getting to the show and doing the show was a lot of fun. Uh, just, just having live audiences, man. I mean, I mm-hmm. just, I did, you know, I, obviously I did a few over the summer, uh, too, but like having that fresh, like literally the freshman energy <laughs> of people who yes. are excited to be on campus. And, uh, I mean, it was a great crowd and, um, the, the school booked a whole week of welcome week activities. So mm-hmm. I was even getting heads up because I had other performer friends. Our friend Derek Hughes was the night before me. So he's like, wow. oh, they were great. You know, and other, you know, a hypnotist friends later in the week. And they had like a murder mystery before I performed that like our friends Mission Improbable were doing. <laughs> and like, so they just went all out for their um, weekend. But um, I, I, I had a blast just performing and being on stage. And uh, going back to masks is interesting now because we had that nice reprieve, uh, but every school is different, so I'm following the, the protocols. But just I, I just was buzzing off of the energy of the crowd, so that was fun. I love that. Yeah, it looked like a cool venue. I saw you posted some photos and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, uh, and, you know, having the audience participation and, uh, you know, very, I mean, there's definitely things I felt a little rocky about, um, and uh, but it was good to have. Why? Oh, just why is just, it rocky? Just a little, uh, like, um, just in terms of uh, some rust uh, that are still like getting the rust off of things with the COVID protocols and the masks and everything. And I, I also arrived at the. <laughs> my contract was interesting because it kind of listed uh, different uh, a different location than where I was performing as the contact <laughs> location. So I went there first and then I had to like figure out where the actual auditorium was. So I, I was a little rushed in my setup because of that, but uh, you know, I was still able to go through and put on a good show. Yeah, even audiences are, are, are still feeling a little rocky. Um, I spoke to a couple of special guests we had at the show that were like, this is weird for us. And oh. then and audiences are still masked, but they're like, and they had seen Bruno Mars the night before. Mm. And they're like, it's a little bit of a, and they, they live in Los Angeles. 
where things are pretty tight. Oh, yeah. Um, Real lockdown. Of, yeah, with masks indoors and everything like that. With Right. Which, and we have masks indoors here. Which is New York well. is doing that, too. We're requiring mm-hmm. the vaccination coming up, too. The proof of vaccination, which isn't being enforced until like mid-September, but they're starting yep. now. But, yeah, um, we're seeing more and more of that here for mm-hmm. Raiders games. Oh, for, sure. Yeah. Uh, different Live Nation events and so on, but they said, "Yeah, this is uh, this was definitely a different experience to be in theaters and things like that um, mm-hmm. after a long break of it." Um, I had something else I was going to tell you about that. Oh, I built in a line into the show where I say, uh, "Is this anyone's first live show in like over a year?" Yeah, and I wondered how long. You because could keep it, doing when I initially, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wondered how long it just got an, a, a roaring cheer the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. Is it wow? This is our first show back. This is great, but I'm still getting it. So I don't know if people are just like cheering for the sake of cheering, or really there still is a decent ratio in the audience of people that this really is their first time in a theater in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's interesting. Once you go to the theater too. I'm sure there's going to be people who are now more and more comfortable and going to go to more and more live shows, but I'm still guessing, it sounds like from your experience, that people are still delaying that and your show might be their first show back. And, you know, you're going to have that kind of balance in your audience of some uh, people who are more accustomed to to shows during the pandemic than others. Yeah, very much so. And if not the first show, like their f- first vacation in a year right. and a half. Yeah, you know, so. absolutely. So are it's, you uh, are you masked on stage now? Like, what is your actual protocols now? Because I know it's changed quite a bit back and forth. And I was just I was talking to someone about Vegas shows, and I was like, I actually don't know what Matt's doing currently. And I talk to him every week. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it changes all the time anyway. What's yeah. the point of staying up on it? Right. 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 The current rule is masks are are required indoors, but if anyone who uses um, their face, anyone who uses their singers and so on. I just like uh, the idea do... of use. I use my face for my performance. <laughs> I if remove it singer... off and I do my own ventriloquism act. <laughs> and then I put if you're a ventriloquist, up. there yeah. you go. Another example. Yeah. If you're a ventriloquist, a singer, um, a performer of some kind where like um, your, your face is integral to what you do, then you you sort of or athletes and so on mm-hmm. there are exceptions to the rule essentially so i'm not required to mask on stage uh right. or or at all really mm-hmm. um but audiences are required to wear masks unless they're eating or drinking gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. and are you gonna go to that policy that like la and new york are doing or well, new york first and i think new orleans or other people are starting to do that vaccine proof of vaccination or the negative COVID test or is that something that you're just going to follow the lead of your entertainment company or the casino itself right that's something that i don't i don't even know if i have the jurisdiction to do such a thing necessarily um because it's uh caesar's entertainment property so i think it's following sort of whatever their their guidelines are on that uh, i believe i believe but we'll we'll see um so far the the places that have done that are mega venues that Mm -hmm. you know we're talking Mm -hmm. football stadiums um people um or or plus obviously the stadium is more than that so I would have known. We'll I'm have to at, see as things. I'm bad at estimating. So <laughs> look gonna, at that callback to episode one. I was gonna say it was like 50 people <laughs> at Raider, Raider Stadium. <laughs> um, now we've got we've got a lot to get to today sure. with uh, America's Got Talent and everything. Oh, yeah. But I I wanted to to bring up something I've noticed since the pandemic, and it's 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 
nestles right in here with what we're talking about with the audiences. So this, uh, I've been noticing, I'll, you know, and this will happen to you. You, you get tagged in some sort of um, social media post or story post after a show saying, hey, we're at the show, a great show, whatever. Yeah. So th- there's a new thing that's happening to me now where I'll click on the person posting such a thing. Mm-hmm. And they'll like have more followers than I do. <laughs> well, it's all these influencers, man. <laughs> well, no, no, and 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 if not, they'll have you know tens of thousands. And and, mm-hmm. and you know, I look at everyone in the audience. I'm always because I'm thinking about who I'm going to choose for different things and uh, volunteers. And I'll see people in the audience, and then I'll see they'll tag me in something later. And like, for example, on Monday night, there was like a firefighter in the audience, and I'd never spoken to him during the show. But when he tagged me after the fact, he had like tens of thousands of followers and had and he's like inventor of blah 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 and i click on the blah 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 and even that had like eleven thousand followers it was a, a famous invention that that's he came great. up with yeah uh for firefighters um i'll give you another example that's kind of the peak of this uh same night uh this was on monday i i choose a guy for a trick i use uh, uh for an iphone trick and his wife has to call him during the show they tag me afterwards and she's got 1.3 million followers <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is strange, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to explain what I'm explaining to you to Tiana. I'm like, well, this this didn't used to happen mm-hmm. pre-pandemic. Is this because during the pandemic, people started making more content and started blowing up? And trying to go for that social media influencer, you know. Well, they had the time, yeah, maybe? Yeah, maybe. So get this. So, so Tiana, you know, goes, oh, my God, Matt, it was Holly Woodward. And I'm like... Who's Holly Woodward? <laughs> but this is someone Tiana follows on a daily basis. Oh, wow. And then all Tiana's friends start reaching out to her saying, oh, my God, Holly Woodward was at the show. Uh, I guess she's like a very famous blogger. I think, the, well, there's two things that come to mind from this. Is One, of of course, our, we keep referencing that documentary of the fake famous and uh, at first, when you were saying this, it was like, I wonder how many of these people are just, you know, buying followers and at, just adding to their own personal clout because there's this whole, I think, since the, especially like you're saying in the pandemic, this clout chasing type of idea mm-hmm. of finding self worth in the only platform people were allowed to be on, which was social media and online, you know, so mm-hmm. they wanted to build their, you know, notoriety and, and brand that way. Uh, so that came to mind. But also now that you're like saying these are legit, you know, right. bloggers and, you know, inventors and stuff like that, my mind shifts to Matt, your show is good and it's attracting these people no. <laughs> that want to see your show. <laughs> no, and that's all great and dandy, but like my point is the 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 people of clout that would come pre-pandemic, like it, it just it seemed like they were of traditional fame, like they found fame through television and other sorts or I don't movies, think whatever. Traditional fame anymore. I think people are just there going isn't. for fame, you know, or 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 not necessarily fame as the you know the the goal, but it's a byproduct of whatever they're actually doing and trying to 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 propone, yeah, propose themselves, you know? Well, that's the funny thing. I think people are less shy about the fact that it is the goal now, right? Yeah. Like with right, social right, media, right, right. It, it very much is often the goal, I feel like, um, as opposed to a byproduct. Um, it's different too. A, a couple things I want to touch on here. Mm-hmm. For, first of all, now I follow some accounts that uh, are social media accounts that pretty much teach you how to Instagram and things like that. Right. And they're very, I get great value out of them because like I didn't know how to make a reel before and like like reels is a kind of a the 
right instagram that, version of tiktok right 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 we've talked about that and you keep saying i should follow these accounts and i'm like why <laughs> yeah well no you should follow accounts that yeah, bring yeah. value to you right, right 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 so but my point is now i follow several of them i don't necessarily know all their names yeah that's true yeah you, like i know what their brand colors are so when i'm scrolling through i know that it's them but i couldn't even tell you some of their first names uh-huh. is that good is that bad is it all just so watered down now you just magicianed on the cruise ship to them you just were like uh, <laughs> you're like right i got the content i wanted but it didn't matter who was giving the content <laughs> <laughs> So in other words, like when someone's on a cruise and goes, yeah, I saw a comedian, I saw a magician, but they can't remember the name. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, it was mm. funny. I enjoyed the magic or the comedy, but uh, I mm. couldn't tell you who was actually performing it. Right. Now, is that the fault? This is this is interesting. <laughs> I, I knew you were just going to ask that question because the same one popped into my head. Is it the fault of the audience member or the performer not being memorable enough? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sidebar real quick. I don't know if you heard about this. I, I know you're friendly with um, our friend Colin Cloud. Yeah. Did you see something he shared on social media recently? No. Someone saw his show at the Mirage. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And listeners, like, it's so funny. Wrote an entire review about how great he was, but referred to him as Matt Franco the whole time. Yeah, there was a review about him and Shin show saying how amazing Shin was, and then also Matt was great as well. And like the two of you were great together performing together. It was like Matt has his own show. <laughs> well, this was this was the funny thing was like. Because sometimes, like, I wouldn't doubt that, like, oh, maybe they like did see my show and just like wrote the review on the wrong thing yeah that's not what happened because they clearly described his material (laughs) (laughs) but what a funny thing um anyway back to the cruise mixed up it was the it was the oh the 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 guy the white guy who does magic from agt and you're just you know they transposed the names it was very funny Fantastic. I thought, and you know, I what I did was I thanked him. I said, Hey, listen, thank you for doing a great job and protecting my reputation because yeah, exactly. they, they loved me. They loved me. <laughs> and then you should have added, You should check out Colin's show at the link. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've seen stuff like that before. So it wasn't, uh, you yeah. know, my first time seeing that in the Vegas landscape of things. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's the first time that happened to me. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I told him thank you for protecting yeah. my reputation. But um, we're gonna have to get Colin on here and Shin too at some point, and that would be. Fun. And uh, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe Patrick. Did Patrick go through? Do we know if he went through on the wild card thing? I don't know. I gotta follow up. I don't know when that was announced. I I haven't been following Peacock. Yeah. We'll, okay. we'll get it. We'll, we have a list. That's, we, we talk about these guests. They will happen eventually. <laughs> I heard from Dustin too, who I don't know well or anything. Oh, but, interesting. Uh, he was, Wanted some feedback on on stuff that he was working on, and uh, maybe we, you know, I yeah. always say we're gonna ask people to come on, and then we never do. Well, it's just, <laughs> we get so busy during the week. I mean, we are here present for our listeners while we're doing it. It's just right. It's a full time. It uh, can be another full time gig, but we're also got full time performing careers. Uh, we but, do. Yeah, we do. But we'll get so, there. And if you want to help us, by the way, feel free to reach us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com because uh, we're only two people and it's all a self-run operation here. Uh, but yeah, We're supposed to be the ones providing the value. We are, but I mean, everyone needs a little help sometimes. I get by with a little help from my friends. Okay, don't sing any more royalties. <laughs>
<laughs> I thought you were going to say it was just that bad, and you didn't um, want me to. Th- th- there was subtext there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's it. Uh, but, uh, well, you already brought up AGT. We should talk about uh, this week on AGT. Uh, yeah, please. So we had uh, Peter Antonio. I still can't necessarily spell his name. Uh, <laughs> uh, they pronounce it Antonio. Is it Antonio? That's what Antonio? Terry Crews said. It doesn't look like Antonio, but that's what they said. I just know it's A-N-T and then a bunch of vowels with an A somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that but is correct. He is a, a very sharp British man uh, living in Seattle like uh, we saw in his first round. And he did this whole um, piece with uh, basically food cans was his yeah. premise. So he had a wall of like, I don't know, at least 50. I'll just say with my bad estimating, hundreds of uh, of cans that were unlabeled. And he had Howie and Sophia and Heidi grab any can they wanted of all these different foods that were there while his back was turned and asking them questions about their favorite meals growing up. Uh, he also guessed that he had them open the can and see what kind of food was inside. And he correctly identified, you know, it was like chopped tomatoes or black beans or corn, whatever they had, he just knew without looking what they were thinking of in their can. Yeah, and there was a kicker as well where he had these three cans, four cans, Mm -hmm. that had disgusting... Brawn. It was called brawn, which was like pig's faces. Wait, wait, if you're using faces, they don't have to wear a mask. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Pig faces, and one of them had pineapple, and it was kind of like a Russian roulette kind of right. idea, where mm-hmm. uh, whatever the rem- Simon Simon chose which cans to eliminate, and there was one left, and what was whatever was in there, Sophia had to stab her fork in and eat it blindfolded, and it turned out she was safe and had the correct one, which was pineapple. But what did you think of Simon during that, where he asked him to like choose a can, and he just changed his mind? Four, five, six, I, seven times. <laughs> I thought it. I thought it played amazingly well. I loved it. <laughs> I, I thought it was it. him kind of coming off as a dick. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that that you know at times is his shtick, but also I right. think it makes it more impressive, and I think Simon knows that. Yeah, I think he. It felt a combination of either him trying to help the the act so that it looked more impressive, but also at the same time, like him trying to catch him out. I think. I'm not sure. I don't really know. It was a weird balance. So that's why, like, I got kind of that, you know, persona that he used to, especially when he was on Idol, coming across Mm -hmm. really blunt and difficult. I think he's softened throughout the years a bit. Uh, But I think he's always kind of been a little skeptical towards magic if it's not directly related to him and his storyline. It it got a laugh each time he did it, I felt like. Every time he was like, no, I'd like to change to blue. No, I'd like to change to yellow. Yeah, but then, like, if you were at, to ask someone in your show, mm-hmm. I know your show and this was a TV thing, so it was very different, but if you were mm-hmm. to ask someone to show to, like, you know, name a card, and they're like, six of hearts, no, nine of dimes, and that just kept going on and on, wouldn't that frustrate you as a performer? I feel like Peter held his cool, which was really nice, and he handled it mm. amazing. No, I think he, if he did it, if they do it out of the blue, yes, but he kept saying, do, do you want to change your mind? <laughs> and every time he said, do you want to, he said yes, pretty much, right? Yeah. Well, I think he kept doing it because it was so many times at that point. He was like, I really want you to make sure you had a free choice. So he kept asking. I don't know. I, I think the easy dynamic. way... For- 
the easy way to handle it is to use the phrase final answer from who wants to be a millionaire, which Peter never really did. Right. And it, 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 he kind of did like a, okay, no more changing your mind now. Like right, instead right, of right. just saying, what is your final answer? And then it's done. Exactly. So he that, could have really put a stop to it anytime he yeah. wanted. Although I don't think it was necessary because I thought it was, I thought it was playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, before we dive more into the act, I just want to say when we first started this podcast, we knew part of what we kind of thought we might talk about would be whatever's going on in America's Got Talent, obviously both yeah. having a history in the show. Right. Um, but I want you to know, I watched these clips just for you so we could talk about them, but I get <laughs> great, great anxiety, even oh. just from the theme song. Of of just like taking you back and like the nerves yeah. and everything. Yeah, even though, you know, the results were very positive and so on. And um, I, I have a very close relationship with the show and love it. I like it still brings me anxiety. Does that not hit you at all? No, I think I've separated myself so much from when I did the show. Yeah, but did it ever like the following year, following two years? A little bit, maybe. But not anymore. Wow. Well, it was, I think it was different, too, because then I got to see you go through it two years later. Oh, so I was wow, just experiencing yeah. all the oh, anxiety gosh. through your performance and, you know, hoping you did well and everything like that. So I think mm. that kind of took the pressure off of my experience because I was like, I already got what I wanted out of it. And, you know, uh, so I was just kind of living that again vicariously through you. I thought you were going to say something else. Like when we brought this up in AGT, we we're going to talk about it. It's like, like all of our small little nitpicky things if we're if we say anything about an act like comes from a place of us knowing how hard and how difficult it is to put on an act and fit it in that you know time frame and the pressure especially of the live rounds and coming up with i mean even now like i feel for every mentalist who's ever on the show because so much has already been done in the terms of mentalism on the show since mm-hmm. I was since I was on it and the kind of I had free reign to pick whatever I wanted because the whole breadth of mentalism was available to me. Right. And now I wondered if go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say and especially with mentalism, there's only like two quote powers you're demonstrating either like prediction influence or like reading your mind telep- telepathy and it's all kind of putting a different premise or package around that. So it's really limited and you have to find unique and fun ways. So you might end up with a bunch of food cans on your stage. And that's your, you know, how, how you approach that originality, which I think is yeah. fascinating. It all worked quite well. I thought the the fact that he was just rubbing it right in your face right off the bat. He's like, AGT was kind enough to buy me these 2,000 food cans. I know. And I which like, I felt like was that was targeted right at you. I know. I was like, I didn't have the budget for that. <laughs> You're like, oh, I had to buy all these briefcases myself. <laughs> I, also, I also thought uh, the, the fact that all these acts, like, I don't know, since you've been on, have been rubbing it in my face that they get eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of two at most. Right? No, and, and there was a time when like those long time frames where really I felt like we're just reserved for me. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's the guy who's going to run long. Yeah. Now they just let everyone go eight minutes. Like, like, I don't know if they had the pressure of what I had to go through with my script and literally take words out to shave seconds off to fit it in two minutes or 90 seconds to, you know, there was a little bit of a leeway, but like, I was like, oh, I could take out the word the there because we don't right. need that. Like literally crossing it out of my script and just mm-hmm. rehearsing the new script and trying not to go back to the old script. Oh, mm-hmm. it was, it was a wild ride. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, let's uh, just wrap up Peter's spot. He, uh, well, tell me you're the mentalist. What did you, what did you think? 
Um, personally, Broad strokes. I think I think it played well. He spoiler alert. He obviously went through to the next round, so he'll he'll uh, have another routine coming up for the semifinals, which is I'm interesting to see where he takes it. Uh, personally, for me, I just don't like anything with a food premise. Maybe that comes from my picky eating background that I've gotten better at over the uh, the course of the pandemic. But just like, I don't know, for me, food has never been a personal thing. And I know it is for people. So, uh, But I just can't relate to like a can of corn or a can of chopped tomatoes because that's just not i'd rather something a little bit more personal to the judges and oh uh, that's funny you know? that's funny i'm gonna come at you from the other angle i actually like the theme oh really okay yeah, yeah. what'd yeah, you like no, about I like it? the theme um the idea of like oh we used to do this prank in college when we would take the stickers off the cans <laughs> so that the, our mates wouldn't know yeah what food was in the can like oh okay that's a fun premise like i can latch onto that that feels relatable um, and it is a little bit of a, a sidestep from the usual mentalism of like, think of someone you care about or right. we're going to talk to a dead relative or things like that. Like I liked sort of the playfulness of that. And um, it worked for me. It worked for me because, mm-hmm. again, we're coming from a place of knowing how hard this stuff is to make it work. And, and again, um, make it original, too, which I think he did in spades. You know, like, yeah, that, that was definitely something I've never seen in a mentalism act before. So that was, you know, taking premises of like almost like a taste test type of thing. And again, a Russian roulette theme, which has been around. And he had the kicker uh, ending where it was a prediction. Oh, my of gosh. All I was the just going to get into that. Yeah. All the other like foods that were important to Howie and Sophia. And there are uh, always so many kickers. I know. There's there's so many kickers. There's always. It's it's because they have eight minutes now. It's they got to fill <laughs> kicker, kicker, kicker. No, it's the other way. It's <laughs> no, the other way around. It's because they want all the kickers. So it's making the act gotcha. longer. Gotcha. Right. That's what it is, because it's um. I mean, who doesn't love a good kicker? Uh, I get it. But um, I always, like, I felt like, oh, like, after predicting the cans the first time, like, that could have been the act. Or maybe right. that could have been a little faster moving or something. Again, you have, like, a week to work on it. I and, know. But, like, I in know. an ideal world, if you were going to rehearse this and do it uh, on a regular basis, like, maybe that phase one moves fast, and then you get to the the meat of it, which is actually that blindfold taste test with Sophia, yeah. which... You know, then you give that a little more room to breathe, and then that uh, again, like, again, the kicker at the end, that was cool too. What, where did that come from? It so w- it was like it was in a can he placed on Simon's. Desk. Oh, it was in front of yes. Simon the whole time, yeah, the whole right? Time. Yeah. And oh it was my Written gosh. on a piece of paper. In there. And think yeah. about it, it's so unnecessary, right? But it's just another thing. I mean, you're. I no, think, it's great. I think it's you're great. trying to, especially at this phase with all the, um, you know, all the live voting, you're trying to put all the stops in so that oh, people I get remember it. you. Yeah. Yeah, but I think sometimes, like, I don't know. We talked about Patrick's last week, and when I spoke to Patrick about it, I was like, I don't know if you need the springing the cards at the frame at the end to make Terry's card appear in there. But then it played. It played amazing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, that totally made it stronger. But um, it's funny. I'm never going to you for AGT advice again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I don't don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. I think there is an argument for you could have made it work after phase one or two Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, if it's presented properly, but no, I, I actually I liked the yeah I liked I liked all the kickers in this mentalism thing too. But it, it's just uh, and it's, it's a lot to pack in, which makes it pack a lot of punch, which is good. And it's performer preference, and who knows how much the producers are also trying to steer things at this point too, because they're trying to make the best television show possible as well. And so it's like, yes. can you add this? Can you add this? Can you add this? And then totally, you gonna, if you're a contestant, what are you gonna say? No, 
<laughs> like you're always gonna be like, yeah, I'll figure out a way to do that. You know, if you're smart. Yeah, if you right? want to play their game, the game. Yeah. and have your best chances of doing well in the show and living another round to do another performance. You know. Right. Right. No. Uh, anyway, uh, I hope none of this comes off as like criticism to no. uh, to to the show or Peter. Like no, it was a, it was a great television segment. Yeah, and again, it's like we're we're talking about this because again, he's the only he was the only magic act in that week, which was fun too. Uh, right. to see him perform and of course we're going to pay attention cuz we're coming from that field and, you know, find little things and the fact that it gave us so much to discuss just shows how rich that routine was in terms of, uh, you know, presentation, originality, and, and and even methods, which I'm sure we could talk more off air. <laughs> but uh, right. but uh, uh, what I found interesting, too, is though he was the one kind of billed as the mentalist that's in the quarterfinals, uh, the next night on the results show, they decided as a guest act to have the clairvoyance come on. <laughs> And do yes. a performance, and I, I was just feeling for Peter because I was like, oh, if I'm the mentalist, and then the next oh, yeah. night they have past mentalists come on to perform. <laughs> I was like, that and, and very successful tricky. ones at that, yeah. you know, ones that were very well received on the show, and mm-hmm. um, second or third Tommy place and Emily do such yeah. a great job, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a great act and uh, another great segment. I think they may have recycled my giant table from last year and maybe just resurfaced <laughs> it green, right? Yeah, maybe. These <laughs> tables are getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Soon the whole stage is going to be one giant felt table. <laughs> And you're gonna be uh, like yelling across the table, "Hey, down there!" <laughs> like, like in those uh, those movies with the giant mansions, and it's like two ends of the dining room, and it's like, right, "How's your right. meal down there?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, what'd you think of their performance? They were there, obviously, to plug. They're gonna be on the AGT live show. They always do. They yeah. always do a great job. They're they're likable, polished, professional. It's clear that they work a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and and that would definitely be an act I look forward to seeing um, in person. I've I've seen them in person at, at a magic convention at Magic Live, uh, mm-hmm. but. I thought it was great that they brought some new material to the table. Again, you're the mentalist. This is this is what you got to speak to here. Yeah, I'll describe it real quick. Uh, basically, again, I think it was everyone but Simon. No one wants to use Simon in the magic. Have you noticed that? Like up on stage. It's Howie, Sophia, and Heidi. And Oh, no, it was Terry, right? Terry, Terry was Cruz, up there, yeah. yeah. Heidi, Sophia, and Terry Crews. And they each get, got a different colored die. Well, there's three dice uh red blue and white and they all just picked one randomly and while amelie's back was turned she was able to tell who had which die but not only that what number was on top of the die after they shook it and then they Mm -hmm. all thought of cards and they slid cards to the one to in front of each judge of the card that they were thinking of which was correct that seemed quite impossible i was wondering if i missed something i don't think you missed or anyone else missed something. <laughs> I, I, think I, it was, I, I think it was that impossible. Okay. You know I was I like, I, I was thinking I, mean. I might've missed the selection process here. <laughs> yes. I think we all did. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> it played quite well. It, it seemed like well. real. It seemed like real mentalism. And, and I, I mean, that as a compliment. It played yeah. really well. Uh, but then the kicker was, uh, th- cause she was uh, choosing the cards from a spread out pack of cards. Uh, and she revealed that all the other cards had different random words, all Vegas related. This whole act was Vegas themed. Uh, I saw that they got the Luxor in there, <laughs> which was yeah. a nice little plug for their upcoming AGT live show. Uh, but it turns out the three cards they were thinking of had on the back the Vegas sign, 
a helicopter and uh, taco, which didn't seem to fit Vegas. But then they pulled up their Instagram using social media to get some follows, uh, <laughs> like an idea I had when I was on the show. <laughs> um, and um, basically uh, showed a picture posted the day before of them in front of the Vegas sign. And with a taco and a helicopter in the back, so yeah, basically just a a, a prediction effect, which yeah. uh, using a, a post that was previously online from days earlier. Now here's the thing, I, I think they avoided the the common problem which we talk about sometimes in mentalism, which is uh, reading your mind and then having the prediction as a kicker, kind of nullifies the whole mind reading part. Right. So it's I predicted that I read your mind is how the short form in mentalism circles go. Right. So the fact that they were able to read their mind, but then supposedly unknowingly what words are going to be on the back of the three cards that they selected, those were predicted. So it was one step removed. So I think they avoided that problem. Sure. But I think if you see examples of it in mentalism of like, oh, you're, oh, you're really struggling. Like, oh, it's the queen of hearts, the queen of hearts. And then later you show in a prediction that you had, you will choose the queen of hearts. It's like, why did you struggle so much if you predicted and wrote that already? You, right. You know, there, <laughs> there is definitely, that could be a potential disconnect also. And I'm, I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it myself in terms of like um, knowing that these these kickers work great on television. And just for an example, there mm-hmm. was an AGT Christmas special a few years back where I did basically a snowman prediction, mm-hmm. and the reveal was a a Christmas present, holiday present that was uh, in full view, I guess, the whole time. And then Simon came up and removed the lid, and the sides fell, and there was a snowman that that matched the snowman that the judges created. So in other words, the the same nose, the same tie, the same buttons and hat, whatever. And then as a kicker, I had everyone in the uh, theater mm-hmm. reach under their seat and they all had a Christmas card that had the prediction on it as well. So like one could argue, like did the the Christmas card really make it a stronger effect in theory? Or the prediction was already proven. Well... So that's just doubling down, I think, on your prediction okay. to show. So it's it, it it doesn't have that incongruency as I'm struggling to read your mind, but I also predicted it. But is doubling down okay? But I think it's just to show it's it's not only did I get this right, and it's almost a disprover. It's to think, oh, he could have had multiple snowmen in that box. Trick he just box. Chose the, yeah, trick box or whatever. Gotcha. But it's to gotcha. show like, oh, no, this was set because – if if you're if you're suspecting this part of the prediction, this other part that's much larger and okay, harder gotcha. to um, to you know uh, change in the moment just proves that that original one was accurate the whole time. So I think yeah, no, you I, I've thought about this a lot. No, you're right, it does. Thank you for making me feel better about it. I've thought about this a lot since since coming up with the idea. I was like, am I just reaching for the nice visual moment where like 5,000 people hold up a Christmas card? Cause like that is what I was actually going for. Right. Right. <laughs> but it, it did, it did in sort of inherently uh, make sense. So and that's I, good. And um, I think the problem with that, the, I predicted that I read your mind problem is sometimes you can get away with it. But I think it really comes down totally. to the difference to magical thinking versus mentalism thinking mm-hmm. where, you know, if you're going to do a routine like that, it kind of comes across more like a mental magic piece rather than a pure right. quote in, you know, along that spectrum of mentalism, pure mentalism um, 
element because I think mentalists, if you're doing that pure element, you want everything to be consistent and match the powers that you're supposedly portraying. Uh, but some people are okay with having a little bit more mixing more magic into it. And especially as AGT is going on, it seems like there's more and more of mix of magic and mentalism between certain performers and even just in, in general in the magic community, kind of like going towards that mentally magic side of things and not really necessarily wanting to label themselves as pure magician or pure mentalist. It's just like, I'm going to do things, and if it entertains you, great. <laughs> right. I... I... I think it's uh yeah it's 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 these are the details that people watching will never really most lay people watching it won't go oh wait a minute it was a prediction but he struggled to read the mind but it's a feeling those details mm -hmm. are not something someone watching could normally pinpoint it's a unless they're in the industry thing, like you're saying it, yeah <laughs> it's a subconscious feeling that just something felt off and they can't necessarily say why mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they it, it doesn't have the max potential of but like you said we're not we're not saying that was the case in this no no routine, not at all but yeah. it's a great thing for us to think about as performers absolutely especially if you're going to be in that mentalism realm and again only so many possibilities of effects you could do and trying to mm -hmm. package things in a unique way you kind of have to then reanalyze it to make sure oh is this consistent if you're going for that pure mentalism uh, uh presentation uh but you talking about your snowman and the multiple predictions it reminded me of one of my favorite stories when i was first doing my horse race which uh if you haven't seen i'll just say there's multiple uh kickers at the end of it that prove the original prediction like oh that's true saying. yeah uh, but uh, the funniest thing was I was doing this at a comedy club when I was first working on it. A comedian comes up to me afterwards. He goes, that re that that thing with the horses was really amazing. Uh, but he's like, but if you're wrong, you're wrong three times. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And I just thought that was hilarious. As if I would show the other times uh, right, it was right. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyway, Matt, I think it's that time for us to get into Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right, here we go. This is a short riddle. In fact, it has the word short in it. Uh, it's shorter than the rest, but when you're happy, you raise it up like it's the best. What is it? Is shorter than the rest, but when you're happy, you raise it up. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. It's shorter than the rest, but when you're happy, you raise it up like it's the best. What is it? Talk it out. Talk it out. It's got to be a line, like when you're standing on the line or in the line it's to go somewhere. Shorter than the rest. If it's the shorter line... <laughs> And you're then you are happy, and then it's the best. It doesn't say if it's the shorter one, though. It 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 is the shorter one. So it's shorter than the rest. But when you're happy, you raise it up like it's the best. I don't even know how you raise it up like it's the best would work for a short cue. Well, well it's like a metaphor. You know what I mean? Like you raise metaphorically, it up, like, you raise ra it up. Raise yeah. the roof. <laughs> yeah, you don't actually raise the roof. You know, it's the same thing. <laughs> Uh, shorter than the rest. By the way, do you think contractors, when they're like adding a level to a house, they're like, raise the roof? I, I hope so. I can ask my brother. <laughs> he is one. <laughs> I bet you he'll say no, but... <laughs> but can you tell him to start doing that? I could. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Um, shorter than the rest, but when you're happy, you raise it up because it's the best or like it's the best? Like it's the best. Hmm. These short ones can be harder sometimes because there's, you know, a, can be vaguer. So there's a lot of like more. Is vaguer a word? Vaguer? More vague. Mm, yeah, that's questionable. More vague. <laughs> <laughs> can something, can something, can it even be uh, like, a, like, um, uh, can something be more vague? Like vague is pretty like. <laughs> oh, like, I got it. It's a short riddle. Oh, <laughs> It's shorter than the rest, but when you're happy, you raise it up like it's. You actually, I will say, you actually raise this thing up. So it's not a metaphor. Oh, it's a physical raise? Yeah. It's a glass? Oh, it's a shot. <laughs> it's shorter than the rest, but when you're happy, you raise. Well, you can raise up any drink. <laughs> you can. <laughs> but, but would you? But Matt only raises up shots. <laughs> no, I hate shots. I am not a fan. You don't like shots, do you? Uh, back in the day, I used to. No, I'm not talking about back in the day, guy. I'm talking about present day Diddleman. No, I don't know if I can do shots these days. Give me When's nice... the last time you did a shot? Oh, I mean, it, some after parties at Scam, they all try to force us Okay, to so fairly shot. recently you've done one? Yeah, they. I wouldn't say force us, but they strongly peer pressure you all to take a round of shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, it's not enjoyable for me. Um... Let's see. It's shorter. I don't know this one. I I, I don't know. Mm. Um. All right. Well, think of things that you do when you're happy. Um. Smile. Sure. All right. What? How else can you express happiness? Laughter. Great. What if you're not? Um. What if you are required to wear a mask in Vegas and aren't allowed to use your face? <laughs> you throw your hands in the air. Ooh, interesting. Explore that. You're in the I right. Don't know. You're in the right realm. You throw your fist in the air. Sure, but it's shorter than the rest, but when you're happy, you raise it up like it's the best. Your thumb? That is correct. Wow. <laughs> that is such a hard riddle. I don't think that riddle has enough credit for how hard it is. Yeah, yeah. Nobody got this one. No All one right, got If you got this. this one, write to us and tell us, because I will be impressed and consider your intelligence level very high. You know what? Our listeners can't see you, but I'm giving you... Thumbs up. <laughs> Let's do trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia time. Don't hate me, Diddleman. This one's been sitting in the bank since last week, so I have to use it. All right. But it's, good. again, song lyrics from that same website. Great. As long as it's in the genre that I know. <laughs> I, I think it is. It. Okay. I mean, it's, again, same website. So All right. the lyrics, uh, I'm going to deliver you song lyrics, and you have to name the title of the song, not the artist. Oh, the I'm going to be way worse at that. Ooh, interesting. Go All on. right. Well, there are choices, though. Okay. So here are the lyrics. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. Okay. <laughs> you already know? Uh, yes, I do. Even the title of the song? I do. I know the band and the title. Of the oh, song. wow. You really, this is right in your wheelhouse. I know. I know. I didn't even finish. There were more lyrics here. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. That is yep. correct. Don't sing anymore. I know. Yeah. Royalty. Oh, no, no. <laughs> sure. It's because of the royalties. Sure. Because of the royalties. Yeah. Uh, I will say my uh, little pop punk band in high school covered this song. Oh, my Lord. Did you sing it? 
I did not. No. What did I, you play? Guitar? Yeah, lead guitar. Yeah. Wow, lead guitar. <laughs> well, I think at that point we only had one guitar. We had drums, guitar, and bass. Yeah. So that was really like really lead. You can't, you know. I can sing the guitar part. Do 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 do. Oh, I won't say anymore. <laughs> uh, this is the middle by Jimmy World. That is correct. Yes. The middle. Mm-hmm. Wow, I might have to give you some more lyrics next week from this website. If it's in pop punk realm, I'll do it. They're all in the same genre. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But some are harder than others, I believe. We we only covered that one a couple times. That was obviously the most popular song that was on all the radio stuff. But we I used to listen to that band all the time. You know, but our favorite song we, we would do was uh, in drop D tuning. I remember it was sweetness because that one like mm. rocked a little harder. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, gotta enjoy a good drop D. Um, Matt, I uh, took your suggestion, and I actually sat down and I watched a Netflix show. The well, only a few episodes of the Headspace Meditation app, show. which is a very different experience than watching a show, right? It is because mm-hmm. you could close your eyes. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to how did watch you do? It. it was helpful. It actually, I think the fact that they start each episode with why med- how one they explain how to meditate and why it works and like i'm fascinated more on like the science behind you know it reworking your brain patterns and everything like that like that got me by the time it got to the end of the episode where you actually try it it was like more eager to like sit down and actually give it a chance understandable so i mean and he also uh, whoever's the the guy who runs it uh who's narrating it andy andy right he um he has some really great metaphors or visuals for you to think of on like how to see your thoughts pass by like cars and you know you're not you're not trying to chase a car or stop a car from coming you just you know are kind of at the side of a road and just watching them go by and mm-hmm. that was really a helpful uh, metaphor there and then also the other one of just like letting go of things. So I've only done two episodes yet. So I'm going to okay. keep keep trying them, especially as they need them. But like these are things you can revisit, too, because they're all kind of pointed and targeted at specific, uh, you know, goals of Absolutely. what you're trying to do during meditation. Oh, so. I wish we were going right into goals. We're not, but I wish we were. That no, no, so no. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's great, man. Yeah. And it really is hard. It's one of those things where it's hard to get yourself to do it. But it kind of like working out. But after you do, you go, oh, man, I'm so glad I did that. Right. I, for me, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I did the first one kind of like just sitting on my couch and like, uh, and I was watching the cool little animations and visuals. But then the second one, I tried like laying down with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could do that because I almost fell asleep. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I have to be a little bit more present or really sitting up. So like finding that comfort level as well. Um, the best thing to do, and I found this out later, I don't know if it's the best or whatever, it's probably like against meditation protocol to use that phrasing. Um, but <laughs> Judging how someone meditates is right, against right. meditation <laughs> protocol? <laughs> no, it's, it's helpful for me, though, with the whole sleeping thing. Because um, it's it's nice to like sit in a comfortable position. I think it's really the only real requirement, mm-hmm. whether you lay down or sit. And there are standing meditations, too. But um, one of the sort of rules that I found out that does like again, I don't want to call it a hard and fast rule, is to sit without your back being supported. In other Mm. words, like upright, back as straight as you can, um, but not leaning against the back of a chair. 
Yeah, like when I always ask for a booth at a restaurant because I don't like sitting on the stools because you don't have your back supported. So imagine exactly. you're at a you're on a stool at a restaurant. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Had you ever played around with? Uh, I mean, I guess why I was so averse to a lot of this meditation stuff when you first, you know. Uh, mentioned it mentioned it and when i tried it through my vr app and stuff it felt a little weird is because like as a music student going to music school there was like a lot of like headiness which was helpful for you since your voice was your instrument you have to like kind of get inside your mind and visual things but like some stuff was just to help you be a better singer but it also like i the skeptic in me was like how much of this is really woo woo is it really like trying Mm. to do that stuff Mm-hmm. So uh, I know there's there's techniques that do work, and I actually enjoyed a, a, a Feldenkrais class I took in college. Are you familiar with Feldenkrais? Have you ever heard of Mm-mm. it? Mm-mm. So it's, it's <laughs> I I kind of jokingly called it as my afternoon nap class <laughs> on Friday nights, <laughs> Friday evenings. Uh, but you like lay down, and it's all about kind of re- reworking the wiring in your like nervous system by doing small intentional movements through different like joints and feeling pressure so it's kind of being self-aware about how your body is moving but it's a lot of like brain changing process that like almost over circuits your brain a bit and then it's okay to fall asleep because you're like working hard as you're doing it i can't describe it super well because uh it was all a little out there and i was trying to understand it through the class but it was kind of like a a body awareness and like they'd have you like Mm -hmm, rotate mm -hmm. your foot around and slowly feel every small Mm -hmm. muscle as it moves and then go the other way which wasn't you know what you're used to doing so it's just breaking Mm -hmm. those patterns and habits we've kind of developed in our bodies as we go Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's interesting too because it was also uh related to like where emotions are sometimes stored and like people would be like you know all of a sudden sobbing because like they finally like loosened one part of their body that was holding all this trauma or whatever <laughs> that they had mm-hmm. been carrying for all this time so it was an interesting class mm-hmm. um but uh but uh, it's inter- but i think that now that i'm remembering that i took that class has allowed me to be a little bit more open to the the meditation thing great yeah i'm glad netflix got you into it yeah and and going the complete opposite direction of uh freeing your mind and being okay in your head. I uh, I watched a couple other movies. Uh, one is, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to the, the fun one later, but I, I watched, uh, they're both fun in their own ways. Uh, uh, For Mad Men Only, I rented on Amazon. What is that? And this is a, basically a biography of the improv legend Del Close. Oh, awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. He is an interesting character that had a lot of dark sides and issues, but also created the Herald and basically improv as we know it now all stems back to Del Close. Uh, I've read the book. You know, he he, uh, basically had the UCB4 continue on his teachings in New York and he inspired, you know, all, he taught all the famous original SNL cast and so many people who've gone onto that stage. And it kind of follows his journey from directing at Second City to moving to IO to up to Toronto and like every one of his students becoming way more well-known and recognized than, than he was mm-hmm, and kind of mm-hmm. that balance of how he dealt with that. Uh, so he goes to dark places. But I, what I didn't know from this documentary and they, it, is he wrote a comic book with DC. 
Oh, it's supposed to be about him spreading his ideas of comedy, but it became this like kind of horror sci-fi story. Uh, but they use that as the framework for the documentary. So gotcha. you're, you're kind of exploring that. And so many people are in this as well. Talking heads like Bob Odenkirk and, uh, you know, um, Dave Thomas and uh, founder so, of Wendy's. No, the uh, the, the second city <laughs> performer. <laughs> you do know Dave Thomas is also the founder of Wendy's. Yes. But this is the guy that was with Rick Moranis and they used to do like the the the, the Canadian guys you know that you might have seen in those molson ads or, or something like that but um <laughs> very funny performers uh they do all these like old interviews you see like you know tina fey and uh tim meadows and everything like that and then they also have like just actors that they brought in for some of the reenactments so like Patton oswald shows up and uh, it's great it's really fun i recommend it uh it was only like six bucks to rent but eventually it might be free but give them money who knows it came out this year Shout out Patton Oswalt. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. And then uh, I saw a movie that you might like. Uh, you any, any interested in seeing Free Guy? Is that the one with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. I so saw a poster for it last night when I was walking out of Dave & Buster's. There is a uh, movie theater across the way. Um, I like Ryan Reynolds, but I think it's supernatural, isn't it? No, it's video games. So what he's a. So the premise of the movie, and I won't go into spoilers. Did um, you go to the theater? I did. Took the okay. ferry to the theater. Awesome. Uh, loved it. Um, it's he's uh you know in video games how there's all the like the AI characters around mm -hmm, that are mm -hmm, they're called mm -hmm. non playable characters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he's he's a non playable character in a video game, and then he kind of like wakes up a bit, and kind of goes against his protocol. So it's a little. So this is not real. This is this is fictitious. This is not. It's sci fi ish. Little sci-fi-ish, but there's it's it's based in the realm of video games, but there is a real world too, where real world pl people are playing mm -hmm. the video game. See, I can't do it because this could <laughs> never really happen. Uh, sort of. It actually is kind of grounded, and you'll see why. Kind of ground. It's either realistic or it's not. Right. This falls mm, into the world I of. I can't explain because it's a spoiler. Uh, right. I, I think you'll like it anyway because you can treat it like just it's an action movie. But did you like? I don't like, like action. <laughs> did you like the Matrix? <laughs> no. Okay, then you might not. Like that. <laughs> That's action. Who, who doesn't like the Matrix? Um, me. Okay. <laughs> no, honestly, I saw it once when I was very young. Did you like the Truman Show? I I've never seen that one. All right, well, watch, but I would like to watch that. That's your new goal. And what is that one? A guy's in a movie or something? Like his life is a movie or something? Y yeah, he's like in a reality show. They've created a whole world around him. Is it is it realistic fiction or no? Realistic-ish. It's more like uh, a commentary on real, uh, like reality shows. Could so it really like happen? It. Theoretically, yeah. Okay, so there's nothing magical. No. Okay, cool. Then I could watch that one. <laughs> I might I, even watch this other one you first mentioned. First of all, the fact that you're like so averse to anything magical in your profession is a magician. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I, I like my movies grounded, and this could actually happen. That's why I watch documentaries. That's why I watch true crime. Like, once it gets into the world of, eh, this is getting a little far-fetched, I have a hard time. Well, what if you approach these movies with that idea of, like, these are, you know, fantastical, and these could inspire effects you might want to create in some way for your act, you know? I've thought of this many times, and that's the one argument that I think could get me to turn. That's why I brought it up.
but I never <laughs> turn. I don't often turn to movies for inspiration. You know, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's you know Copperfield's mo, but for me, right. it's never been the. Uh, it's never been the go-to. I don't know. Where do you turn for your inspiration then? I think music, most likely, or pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. Well, but like not movies movie. are <laughs> movies are part of pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Um. But just, I guess I refer to those less so. Yeah. I mean, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, create an act around Mrs. Doubtfire? Oh, man. Can you please? <laughs> you know, I did have an idea, because in Karate Kid, he, he dresses up as a shower for Halloween. Yeah, yes. And I think that could be an interesting premise for a magic act, because that shower costume really lends itself to a vanish. It does. It does. <laughs> Tiana told me it was a really stupid idea, though. You you walk out as a shower and pull the curtain and then you're gone. I I mean your legs are kind of there the whole time though. <laughs> yeah, like the maybe maybe you talk about the movie being uh you know uh your favorite and then the skeleton costumes come out and try to kill you and then you vanish from in the shower and reappear somewhere else. I think it's you know it's got potential. Now that's just a Karate Kid magic show. That's yeah, it's an like homage. A, um... <laughs> it's intentional. It's 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 intentionally lifted directly from the greatest movie of all time. I feel like that would be so out of place in your show. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And that wasn't whatever the idea was. That wasn't it. Uh, now I'm just spitballing. <laughs> Please, can you make this happen at least for like a magic convention or something? This is why just, everyone I'd, will I'd... be like, "What is happening?" <laughs> This is why I don't get inspiration from movies. Well, again, those are like the way I was saying it is like if you see something magical happen in a movie, that's like, oh, that's really cool. Like even just like the just a generic idea of like a wizard shooting a fireball or something like that. Be like, how could I recreate that as a magician? You don't ever get inspired that way. Like of things that are impossible. You're dealing with the impossible. I'm generally not watching. Uh, almost everything I do is grounded in some sort of reality. Like it's, mm-hmm. it it feels very. I don't know. I feel like most of it feels like it. Like it just uses real objects and like it's not super like wizardy or mis- mystical. Yeah. Right. All right. All right. I think. Am I wrong? I don't know. I think just subconsciously, I think it could affect or at least expand out of that box into finding. You know, like ooh, this is a new idea like i if you're if you're not thinking of like i don't know i mean there's only so many they have the list of seven effects that you can do in magic but it's always nice when you can find something that doesn't fit in that and i think that gets inspired by fantastical thinking sometimes you know yeah like i said that's the one argument that sometimes makes me think i should turn the corner and start watching some more i mean even just the great storytellers of pixar and all of Mm -hmm. these these movies and films did you watch luca I did watch Luca. Yeah. How was that? See, like, I just feel silly as an adult watching it, but I shouldn't, I guess. Why? I didn't watch it. Why? Because I feel like it's a children's movie. It doesn't have to be. Um, I know that's what Tiana says. And I think think there is that kind of stigma, especially when it comes to animation, sometimes like, oh, it's geared for kids. But again, it's all storytelling. So as long as you have a good story, I don't think it matters what the medium is. And I also, like, on a separate level, appreciate... You know, especially with Pixar or even hand-drawn, like the skill and all the detail Mm. and all the work that goes into that. And that's maybe why I love like movie special effects, too, is just like the magical thinking of my brain is like, oh, how did they accomplish that? How did that look great? Or like, how did the, you know, VFX team do that in post and like create whatever? No, that's true. There's a whole appreciation. I like all that part as well. So It's funny because 
we we all have so little free time and like we're very careful in what we choose to do in that free time. Um and like movies Maybe are just you are. <laughs> <laughs> I am very very picky on what I choose to do in that rare free time that I have, but um that I value greatly. But like movies to me, I I know they're super widespread across pop culture and so on and everybody for the most part watches them and I'm like in the minority on this but like I just consider them another niche thing like another novelty so like as much as someone might not be like in their spare time going and watching juggling videos right like I consider movies to be like also just as like Matt ran- random to like j- dive into for two hours I've got um I've got news for you these movies are a big thing they're catching on these days <laughs> I know that but to me it's just as it's random not- as like taking an interest in knitting what what <laughs> like it is movies it is has been it's it's just storytelling it's it's been around for so long and there's so many different genres and types of movies it's not some people don't some thing. people don't it's, read some people also- don't read right but and, like, yeah, but I think everyone can find one book that they would like to read at least. And everyone and ev- and I have found my one movie. You're one. So once <laughs> you found one movie, you're done. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's just a long time to devote to something. I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. Oftentimes I watch a movie and go, why did I watch this? Well, you also it's like watching a bad performer, too. Sometimes it's like you learn things from what not to do. And it helps mm. kind of f- define your filter of what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. So your argument is that even watching a bad movie is like a useful experience. It can be. No, I mean, you're especially, right. especially if you're in like a storytelling profession, like we can be. You know, is like true. how are they communicating this idea? Are they getting it across? Is it getting across in a you know an entertaining way that's keeping me hooked? Oh, did it dip? Why did it dip? You know, mm. what it's were the hard for me to there? draw those parallels. It's really hard for my brain to draw those parallels. Whereas, like in music, my brain automatically draws parallels between magic and music, comedy mm. and magic. Um, but when it comes to like movies, very seldom do I like draw parallels that are um, like immediately helpful to me in the creative process. Interesting. interesting. Maybe because I'm not watching them. And I wonder. I don't know if this would help you too, because like I, I I'm able to I can watch movies at the surface level just for the story too, but also like. I can rewatch things that I've watched a lot of times, but with another perspective because I've looked into like how screenwriting processes work and like seeing the choices that they make or like the way they edit things. It's like seeing the, you know, the peek behind the curtain, kind of how we do as magicians and why we got into this is like, how is this all accomplished and finding that creative process along the way. So I wonder if, if you picked up like a, how to write a movie book just for the sake of, understanding the process if that would give you more appreciation for movies sometimes yeah it probably would i don't know to me like some people aren't into music you yeah. know uh well if it's not pop punk i'm not gonna tell you much. <laughs> <laughs> i mean to me that's just as crazy um no no it is it is i don't know but yeah, yeah it's interesting i just consider it another niche like i'm not particularly into photography either yeah why do i have to be into movies uh, well, you, one could argue just movies are a bunch of pictures. So maybe it's all stemming <laughs> from there. <laughs> you a can bunch only, of moving you, pictures. <laughs> I can only be a jack of so many things. I can't. I just can't add movies to it right now in my life. Do you like when people just tell you a story, though? If it's grounded in reality, yes. So if I were just to, like, whip up a tale about some 
troll going through a fantasy land as long as it, it even if it was like compelling and interesting and you know had a had a had a uh, analogy to real life because oh i'm gonna have a hard time with that <laughs> i'm gonna have a hard time paying attention even even as a friend of yours i'd have to say man i don't know if i can follow this right now <laughs> this this troll he wanted uh he had a he had a passion for um uh i don't know uh uh weapon making and he always wanted to go on this reality show just to show how good at weapon making he was and then he got his own show in in las vegas stan mm, no <laughs> no i don't think so you know though it's funny you say that that is the one the other thing that could turn me on things too like if you legitimately wrote like a fictional something and were like you know really wanted me to read it i would totally like yeah. focus on it and like try to objectively like really experience it just because you're being a good friend to me, though. Yeah, or yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Yeah, but gotcha. like that, that, that sometimes is what it takes to turn me onto something, and mm-hmm. and for other people as well. I'm sure other people can relate to that too. Where it's like, oh, I never would have been into this if not for vicariously through their kids or through their friend or spouse or whatever. Well, just so. assume your best friends with Steven Spielberg, right? And he asked you to watch ET. <laughs> I don't know. Do you watch gymnastics? No, I do during the Olympics. Oh. <laughs> okay, you just do it all. Um, my point is, let's go ahead. I was just gonna say we should probably move on. <laughs> but what's oh yeah, your point? we we gotta we gotta, we should probably end this episode. <laughs> is what you really meant there is the well, subtext. What was your point? What you were gonna say? Your oh, I was just gonna is, say yeah. like if you think of something you don't watch, like um, curling. I watch curling. I love curling. Oh my gosh! <laughs> is there any TV this guy doesn't watch? <laughs> <laughs> I also love that you just chose like like a sport that I would be into. <laughs> <It's> like curling. <laughs> like if I were to audition, like aud- I almost said audition for the Olympics. If I were to go out for the Olympics, which is funny, just picturing a bunch of people in like a, a casting calls. Like I'm gonna try out for the curling team. <laughs> I hope I get it. I hope I get it. Uh, but um, but no. Uh, like if I were to go try out for the Olympics, I would probably be curling. I, I feel like the I wrong could one. Do it. All right. <laughs> All right, here's one. MMA, you don't watch. I don't watch it. Boom. But I can but watch it if it's on and find you something can, that but I You can, but you don't. And if you had a cousin that was a stellar <laughs> athlete in MMA, you'd be much more into it. Of course, yeah. Yeah, that's, that what, I'm, that's what I mean by if you wrote a s- terrible story about a troll that went to Vegas or whatever. You have a friend who's really into movies. I know, which is why I'm trying to give the, which is why we spent the last 15 minutes trying to talk about movies. We had Otherwise, so many other things we were going to talk about. Too. <laughs> we spent we'll probably it. so many episodes talking about movies for you. I uh, gotcha. AGT I, gives me anxiety, and I'm talking talking about it for you. Oh wow! <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Well, we'll work on this. Uh, maybe you meditate on it. And <laughs> yes. Uh, let's get into our goals. Uh, last week you were uh, talking about the Lenny Bruce movie, uh, the Seinfeld book. And whatever mm-hmm. that book Seinfeld recommended, and you wanted to work on your social, you had a lot of goals. Your social media output. So, uh, how oh, yeah, you the do output on is, any of those? Output is continued. I'm getting a couple posts out there a day on Instagram, which is good. I feel good about that consistency. Um, the Seinfeld book. I've made it through all of the '70s. Every joke Seinfeld wrote in the '70s. It's a funny layout for a book. It's really just his notes, his mm-hmm. his material over the decades. Um, and now I've 
about to crack into the 80s, which is the largest section of the book, interestingly. That's when he did the most writing. The 90s is the smallest, perhaps because he was working on a famous a sitcom. Yeah, a television show where yeah, all his effort yeah. was there. <laughs> right, right. Um, haven't watched the Lenny Bruce movie yet. Uh, I had an interesting goal for this week that I thought of during today's episode. Um, Watch movies? No. Oh, I would like to get some sort of source of trivia, some sort of official book or something that has clever trivia that mm. I can use to against you. Um, I'm plotting There's against There's tons you. of trivia books out there. Yeah, but I'm not going to take a recommendation from you. You probably memorized it if you recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's that's what I want to do this week. Great, that's good. Uh, and you, uh, you, you, you schedule writing time. Have you done that? That was one of yours. That was yeah. I wanted to clean a little bit. I didn't really do much of that this week. Uh, that's just the that's ongoing. why I left that one out. Yeah, I yeah. knew <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm gonna skip this one as a friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did a. I had a. Um, uh, I made some headway into that ebook that I'm still getting through. Uh, so f- to read mentalism, but yeah, uh, scheduling writing time. I was only able to do that like one day this week and sit down and go to a coffee house and like spend some time. Uh, it was tough. I mean, I think there's all these strategies of like just free writing and write what's on your mind and then kind of go back when you're originally not judging it, go back to see if there's anything there. Uh, but I was basically right now at this stage, like going through my old joke notebooks that I write whenever an idea hits me, I just jot it down to see if I could kind of expand on jokes. So I'm mostly write, focusing on writing jokes. I want to eventually get back to like writing new routines and bits for my show as well. Uh, but uh, I think my goal for next week is just to like have more than one day that I set aside so that it becomes a little bit more consistent. Love it. I st- start to train my brain a little bit more to be like, all right, this is writing time. And maybe the the again, the output will be a little bit better once I'm in a in a pattern or rhythm, so to speak. But Love also it. to focus on all this crazy travel I have ahead mm-hmm. <laughs> for all this uh, these shows. Someone give this guy's agent a raise. <laughs> More shows are coming in, so uh, there's a there's a thing. I'm uh, in addition to all the the shows I listed in the last episode. I'll post them all, by the way on my uh, my social media stuff. But uh, there's gonna be you're gonna love this, Matt. I go to Alabama, then the next day I'm back in New York, and then the next day I'm in Oregon. Awesome! <laughs> Isn't that great just, routing? Uh, someone routing. give this guy's someone give this guy's agent a uh, the opposite of a raise. <laughs> I agreed to it. I was like, so even it out. Done. It's okay. a wash, actually. The raise and the de- the the downgrade. It's all a wash. So you're in the right place. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I think those are achievable goals and uh, just ongoing goals that are long term in the background, and then these short term goals that are are doable. So yeah, man. Hey, man. Fantastic episode. I'll see you for number 60 next week. Follow us on the social medias. Write yep. to us if you want to at Mind Over Magic podcast. Podcast at, at gmail.com. Gmail. <laughs> yeah, Mindovermagicpodcast uh, at gmail.com. Our socials are mindmagicpod. Buy tickets to Matt's show please. Uh, through Ticketmaster or your website. Monday was our 100th show. Monday was our 100th show since uh, coming returning from the pandemic. So we're moving Whoa, fast. That was fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what happens. And, uh, and check out ericdentleman.com uh, if you want to add more weird routing to my tour schedule. <laughs> yes. Yes, preferably if you have a friend on one side of the country and you're on the other side and you can actually make him go back and forth, that would be <laughs> ideal. I'm going to just throw this out there because you got to, you know, 
put your goals out into the universe. Uh, never been to Alaska. It's one of the wow. few states. So maybe, maybe yeah. one of these days. I've never been either. I'd to like bo- to. Book me to just check off all 50 states. I think there might mm-hmm. be one more. Idaho. If we got I've Idaho. I've never been to Idaho. Oh. Wow. We got to get it. this guy into Idaho. Yeah, Unbelievable. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you all for listening. This was fun. Uh, we will see you next week.